dudes, we gotta talk. <laughs> oh, what? What's up, Wayback? What happened? OMG, you don't even know. Know what? So, the time machine, meaning yours truly, told you all to do 1985. <sighs> and you goobers are doing 1986. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> hmm. Are you we sure, are... <laughs> Wayback? <laughs> Let me just go way back to the episode we just recorded last month. Let's go way back to 1985. Okay. Hey. Hi. I'm glad to be back in the 80s. Yeah. Now I feel yeah. like it's, <laughs> I feel like Billboard might be more recognizable now. So this is great. <laughs> You're joking, right? The good news is, being a time machine, I knew this was going to happen. Hmm. And I allowed it, of course. <sighs> So let's continue with the awesome year of 1986, and we'll revisit 85 again soon. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> sounds like a plan. I can't believe we did that. That's hilarious. Our bad way back. That's yeah. right. Oops. We'll, ca we'll catch it better next time. But yeah, a little bit too much fun over the holidays for us, I'm afraid. At least we got the topics right. Yeah. Or did we? So about that, y'all weren't even close. Uh-oh. Steve was supposed to do music. Keith was supposed to do movies and television, not the other way around. <laughs> Are you serious? Keith was supposed to do movies and television of 1985, and Steve did movies and television of 1986? Correct. Wow. We really, really so messed this is This is weird to me, because I remember saying, uh, oh, I'll, I'll do TVs and movies and yes. don't, make fun of, don't make fun of me for saying tvs and movies <laughs> why don't we just roll that tape again jeez yes all right keith you have tvs and movies okay you good. Movies. oh my oh, god oh my lord oh my goodness <laughs> well <laughs> yeah early onset something here <laughs> you know <laughs> pretty funny but noel you've still got the review of pop culture so take it away all right so Night, night, not 1985 pop culture, but this is for 1986 pop culture. So there were quite a few things that happened in 1986. And I think uh, <clears throat> some of these things we've, we've kind of touched on in prior uh, episodes. Uh, namely, the first one on my list was the um, disintegration of the Space Shuttle Challenger. It was mm -hmm. uh, in January of 1986. Um the Challenger disintegrated just 73 seconds after its launch. Um, seven astronauts on board, including one that was a teacher. And um, the there were a lot of students that were watching this live. Um, and uh, it was, I mean, it was an awful event. And one of the endearing images for me, I don't know about you guys, but um, watching the footage of it blowing up was the her, Krista McAuliffe's two parents, um, you know, staring up into the sky and just wondering what they were looking at, you know, and not realizing that they just watched their daughter die um, in, in midair. So it was, mm -hmm. that's just one of those things that kind of sticks with me. And every time I see that footage replayed, I, I think about how 
terrible that must have been um, for all of those families that were watching their loved ones, you know, pass on. So um, what about you guys? Where, do you guys remember y'all were when that happened? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. that's one of those moments in history that all of our generation or around our generation knows exactly that moment. I was, mm-hmm. I was in my junior high school. Uh, and, uh, and I, I remember I did, we weren't in the science class, so we didn't have the TV. So we heard about it from another teacher that came in and then all of the TVs got rolled out to all the classrooms. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Very similar. I think I was in sixth grade Texas history class whenever it, uh, uh, we didn't, we had the TV, but for some reason we weren't watching it when all this happened. And, and I remember the, um, school principal making an announcement over the intercom, make her be aware. And. Of course, you know, obviously the teachers were excited about having one of their peers mm-hmm. in our space representing yeah. them. And uh, so, you know, them being upset. And then there was there was a one obnoxious kid in our in our school that ran down the hallway and, you know, said something to, you know, defaming the uh, the teacher. Of course, that kid uh, quickly went to uh, um, school suspension after that moment. So. Sure. <laughs> moron <laughs> but uh no yeah it's, it's a horrible moment and you know it's funny i still remember whenever the uh, pre or the the shell explosion happened what, early in 2000s yeah, mm-hmm. was 2000. yeah. yeah it's columbia yeah but yeah i do remember that day too and, and that it was over texas when all of that debris happened that was yeah you know, columbia yeah so, yeah pretty wild yeah it had a, a couple red raiders on board uh too yep. so um yeah, it's one of those one of those moments in time, like you said, Keith. I think you said it well. It's like one of those one of those moments in history where you remember where you were, and I, mm-hmm. you know, it's stuck with me. I remember it like it was yesterday, and um, just one of those one of those events. But that was in 1986. Um, oh. Also in '86, I have like three of these back to back that are like air and space themed. I didn't plan that, but they're just kind of the the uh, the way that the uh, research department did their research on this, but. I don't know if you guys remembered it, but it was called the the Rutan Voyager nonstop flight. Yep. It was a experimental aircraft that um, made a continuous nonstop flight around the globe without needing to stop for fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in December of 1986, and the aircraft was made of lightweight graphite and and uh, took about six years to build it. Uh, the pilots were Gianna Yeager and Dick Rutan. Uh, all in all, the record-breaking flight took about nine days with 25,012 miles traveled. Wow. And they landed wow. at Edwards Air Force Base just in time. Um, there was about five gallons of gas left in the aircraft fuel tank when it landed. So I don't know about you guys, but um, kudos to to uh, both of them for making it that far. I, I'm assuming there's got to be like onboard facilities and stuff. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> My wife needs to go to the bathroom <laughs> before we back out completely out of the driveway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta stop. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, we just took the words out of my mouth. I mean, we can't it's crazy. If we leave the house, go to the grocery <laughs> store, we're going to the restroom. First thing at the grocery store. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Nine days oh though. I uh I gotta imagine the inside of that that plane smelled some kind of funk, you know? <laughs> oh, you know it. No doubt. Jeez. No doubt. <laughs> Yikes. But quite quite an accomplishment. Twenty five thousand miles traveled. It's pretty pretty cool. But I remember watching that. Really I remember is. seeing that plane fly and um, kind of tracking it as it as it made its way around the world. But um, 
also that's one of those uh, where you wish the internet would have been more prominent at that time because it would have been a whole lot easier and yeah. to fun to follow you know totally yeah you could have what you had to have cams and like live check-ins yeah. and kind of see where it's at and yeah all kinds of stuff would have been a totally different thing and 2024 yeah. compared to 1986. Yeah. when the still no. going down. Um, also 90, 1986 was in February of 86. Uh, the Soviet union launched the Mir space station and, um, it was the largest of it, of the space stations at the time. And, um, over its lifespan, uh, over a hundred, hundred space travelers hailing from 12 different countries were able to occupy the station until, June of 2000, um, when they blew it up, I guess, or yeah. th- they'd like let it descend into the earth and burn up. Mm-hmm. Right. Or something yeah, like that. I think but, they did over the Pacific somewhere or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I remember, I remember something about that. Um, seeing that, seeing that fall down, but I think anyway, some dudes was... turned it into a smoker now. Yeah. <laughs> did he really? No, I'm just joking. I would. <laughs> I like it though. That would be some kind of Mere flex. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get your uh, smoker there? Oh, Home Depot. Yeah. Well, mine came from space. So yeah, mine's from space. <laughs> yeah. it's got a little special something, something. Yeah, that's right. It helps the barbecue. That's right. Um, this is a little, little thing I found um, in 1986. Uh, Ted Turner founded and started the first Goodwill games and they were held in Moscow in 1986. It was started as a, as a way to overcome the political issues that surrounded the Olympic events in the eighties. Um, so in, in 1979, Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan and then several Western countries, including the United States boycotted the Olympics that were held in Mos- Moscow in 1980. And mm-hmm. so then the Soviet Union then, uh, boycotted the summer Olympics that were held in 1984 in Los Angeles. So there was this boycott thing going back and forth between countries and stuff. So Ted Turner decided to start the Goodwill games and those lasted until, uh, the last one was held in 2001, no longer being mm. held. They were, they were discontinued because of lack of ratings, but, um, anyway, not a big one, but just something I thought was kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, in the world of fashion, I don't know if you guys remember this. I certainly did about my, my mom always wore shoulder pads. <laughs> oh um, boy. <laughs> you know, it was just sort of when you watch a movie and you see the shoulder pads, you're like, yeah, that's an eighties movie. Um, Absolutely. You know, (laughs) do y'all remember, y'all remember, y'all remember the shoulder pads you'll have. Oh yeah. Teachers. And yeah. yeah. He's a mom for looking like Brian Bosworth. Remember him? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Only, uh, only Steve can tie in female shoulder pads to sport events. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but it does make sense. That was easy. (laughs) <laughs> that was an easy one. Yeah, that was an easy one. So yeah. I do remember those. Yep. Like, was it, was it the Home Alone mom? Didn't she even wear them? Like, yeah, you know, I those think so. Shows. I think so. <laughs> I remember in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, his mom had shoulder that was, pads That's on. who it was. It yeah. was the mom at Ferris Bueller's. That's yeah. what I'm thinking about. Gosh, she yeah. did look like Brian Bosworth, man. Those things were substantial. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> can put somebody down. Yeah, you can. Give her a helmet. Put her in, coach. She's ready to play. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Um, the in nineteen uh, April twenty sixth, nineteen eighty six, a Soviet nuclear reactor exploded in Chernobyl, mm. Ukraine, killing seven thousand yeah. people. Um, at that time, Ukraine was still within the Soviet Union, and the explosion released a lot of radioactive material, um, kind of scattered all over all over Europe. But 
Um, 7,000 people died immediately. I think there were a lot of people, I think 500,000 or something like that, that I saw that were um, affected by it or by the uh, nuclear fallout and, and um, got into the water supply and et cetera, et cetera. But big deal. Um, Did you all see the, the show on Netflix that was yeah. about it recently? Yeah, it was, Man, that was I, a good show. I didn't watch I didn't watch that. Highly recommend yeah, you it. Yeah, I good. do too. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know what happens. It's still suspenseful. Yeah. yeah. Really? I don't huh. feel like they ever finished the story on that. I mean, it didn't I, seem like it did it. I feel like yeah. they sort of set it up for more, but is it a like a dramatization or is it like a documentary style or what what is it? It's it's more of a like a, 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 a it's it's more of a mix. of a reenactment. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit okay. of a mix, but yeah, mo- mostly yeah, okay. a reenactment of it, like a movie style. But they did a really good job. Yeah. Like yeah. really good job, I thought. Cool. Highly recommend it. I will add that to my list. Um also, in 1986 was the rise of the mad cow disease. I don't know if you guys remember oh, wow. this yeah. from 19, yeah. November 1986. Um, it was first identified in, in a lab in, in England, and uh, it was said that the outbreak would affect about 150,000 British cows alone. However, it also believed the disease originated in 84, but the symptoms of the disease included a rapid decline in cognitive functions and behavioral patterns. And... Um, the cows showed an, in, an increase in aggression and their gait would become unsteady. Man, I hate it when my gait gets unsteady. Man, me too. That's the worst. But um, they <laughs> killed millions of cows. I remember I remember that um, because um, people were freaking out. I lived in a uh, rural part of Texas back at the time and back in, in Clifton. And, uh, I remember the cattle farmers were all worried about what that was going to do to their, <laughs> they were going to have to kill off all their cows and everything. So Jeez. it was a real, real concern to the people whose livelihoods depend on, on, on cows. But, um, I, I remember that pretty clearly too. Um, Haley's comet came really close to earth in March of 1986. Um, it, was the first, well, it visited the solar system for the second time within the 20th century. Um, I don't know if you, do you guys remember that watching? I remember, I, I, yeah. I remember yeah. going out in the country, you know, out, outside of town and, and watching the scene. You mm-hmm. can actually see the comet. I thought that was pretty amazing. First thing I'd ever, first comet I'd ever seen, but y'all remember that? Oh, heck yeah. So yeah. I remember uh, it, it's a vividly fun memory for me because, um, we had a slumber party at my youth pastor's house mm. that night, the night before. And we were all supposed to go out and see the comet because you, you could see it like best at like 4 a.m. or something. Right. So we decided yeah. all the youth would go to his house, have an all nighter there. And I remember that this for for some reason, I remember this vividly. We were doing ghost stories and stuff. And somehow the um, story about Sar- the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album. Yep. Um, and the conspiracy that Paul McCartney had died. Uh-huh. Have you have you ever heard of this whole conspiracy? No. So anyway, there's a conspiracy that Paul McCartney died prior to the release of Sgt. Pepper's album. And I mean, and and all of the Sgt. Pepper's, like the original album cover had all of these hints pointing to this. And it was like this audio recording that talked about all of these different things within the album, including if you play 
the album backwards at the end. There's a lot of gibberish at the end of the album. And it was supposed to be like, if you fell asleep during the album, the idea was to wake you up because it was so weird sounding. But supposedly if you played it backwards, it was supposed to say, I bury Paul and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Anyway, so I was, I mean, I was, we were captivated listening to this thing and we had an al the album in our hands looking through everything. And so, but yeah, it was, that was just a vividly fun memory between ghost stories, the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's conspiracy theory and Haley's comet all in the same wow. night. It was, I, I mean, I, I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. it I was afraid was, Keith was going to tell us that they got caught up in that story. They forgot to see the comment. No, no, we saw it. <laughs> and sadly, it was, so, it was so weak. It was like the anticlimactic end to it. Yeah. Like the rest of the night was so much better than seeing this fuzz in the sky. It, it was, was so pretty excited. fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I, Steve, I was with you. I was kind of thinking that's where that, that story was going. I'm like, man, you guys are talking about Sergeant Pepper and you missed the comments. <laughs> it's funny. To, to this day, if I see that album or a CD, I will still look at those little things. It's really funny. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, all right. May 5th, 1986, the American Girl Dolls were first released. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's um, that's still a thing even today. Oh man, oh, gosh, all, it is. all all these years later, American there's Girl a, Dolls. There's like a store and a restaurant at the Galleria in Dallas. Yeah, I remember yeah. that we had to take Ashley to this thing, and we actually had a tea with their doll that was dressed up like her. You know, and oh, it was geez. like I'm like, wow, yeah. So that's a huge deal to this day. Yes, very very much so. So that started in '86. Wow. Yep. Another, um, well, this is a, a little recognized invention, but I'm sure everybody, I know, I know uh, if you're driving in your car, keep your eyes on the road. But when you get a chance to stop, take a look at the little gas tank indicator arrow. That little arrow was invented by Jim Moylan. Um, and uh, it doesn't seem like that big of an invention, but good old Jim uh, develop the little triangle that goes on your gas gauge and in indicating which side of your gas tank is on. So super brilliant. Yeah, totally. You can, you know who to thank for knowing which side to pull up to the gas tank or pull up to the get to uh, the gas station. So, and I honestly didn't know about that till like five or six years ago. Yeah. Really? Like, it was yeah. recent that finally somebody told me that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you appreciate it the most whenever you rent a car or you rent a U-Haul. Oh, yeah. They're it's like, totally. gosh, where's the gas pump? Oh, yeah. yeah there it is. Okay. Yeah. Invented yeah. by Jim in 1986, and uh, it was introduced in select Ford models in 1989. And then uh, other car manufacturers copied the idea and put it all in their vehicles, too. But wow, he never patented cool. the idea, so he didn't oh, yeah. get credit other than this podcast. But um well. We're giving him the credit he deserves. We man. good old Jim. Hopefully, he's, yeah. I'm sure he's a listener. But yeah. Um. Anyway, that was invented in '86. In uh, 1986, there were a couple of scandals. Um, the term "quote going postal" originated from a mass shooting committed by a U.S. Postal Service employee, Patrick Sherrill, in, the, in an act of workplace rage. So, 14 people were killed in the rampage. So, if you've ever wondered where the term going postal came from. It came from an incident in 1986. There you go. Wow. There it is. Um, I vaguely remember that, but I, I don't guess I put the together. That, that was the reason that term came. Yeah. About. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought that was news to me. Um, yeah. 
of course heard it, didn't realize it came from that. So may not be using that very much, uh, <laughs> anymore. Um, also the iron, Iran Contra, um, scandal, which is a pretty big deal. Several members of the Reagan administration yeah. helped sell arms to Iran and then use the proceeds to fund the Contras, an anti-communist guerrilla organization in Nicaragua. Remember that Oliver North and, um, kind of an iconic image of him testifying to Congress with his hand raised and all that. That's kind of an mm-hmm. iconic image from 1986, but that happened, that all happened in 1986. So. I don't think I was old enough to fully understand what was going down there. I, you know, I, I'm like, is I this guy a good guy? A bad, I don't understand what's happening, but I know yeah. something is a big deal about it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, seems like still to this day that having anything to do with Iran turns in, into something not good for the United States. Right. Every time. I <laughs> see that again right now. So Very true. It's true no even question. today. Yep. How many years later? Was that almost 30 years later? Uh, no. Wild. Yeah. More than that. 40 years. Anyway. 40, 40 almost. Yeah. 37. My gosh. Wow. Anyway. All right. Bring so. Yeah, the uh, uh, during the 1986 FIFA World Cup in Mexico, which I'm sure Steve was probably watching and probably taping too. Yeah, captivating. Yeah, for when he needs to sleep. Anyway, the 1986 FIFA World Cup in Mexico was the first time that the wave was ever performed, oh, and it really? gained worldwide attention during that match. Mm. And so the the wave as we know it today was born in 1986. So there you go. Something to be excited about there, Steve. Then perfected just about 10 years later at the Houston Astrodome by the three of us. So (laughs) that's true. It's facts. (laughs) So true. So true. So next time, next time we're at a sporting event and the wave starts, you can impress your friends and family by telling them, Hey, you know, that was invented in 1986 at the 1986 FIFA world cup in Mexico. And they'll be, they'll be amazed. They'll really be I think so. Um, That's a conversation starter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, During this, and and a a nifty pickup line too, if you're in the dating scene, you want to pick up somebody and go, hey, you know what? I know things. I know things. I see you like soccer. What did you know? Did you know? (laughs) I have something for you. Can I interest you in a wave? <laughs> We're gonna have well, I would marry you, but you called it soccer and not football. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, the these are all sort of just I call them grab bag. These are things that have no relation to each other. They're just kind of interesting factoids I found, or the the research department found rather. Um, during the Civil War, Scott County of Tennessee broke away from the rest of the state to join the Union and technically did not rejoin the state until 1986. Hmm. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like once one county in the, in the state of Tennessee broke away and basically associated itself with the Union while the rest of the state was part of the Confederacy. Wow. And the, the war ended in 1865. And it wasn't until 1986 that Scott County got its butt hurt done i get i don't know if they finished being butt hurt about the civil yeah. war and they rejoined the states they either really weird? Yeah. Held, they really held onto a grudge or they're lazy no one of the two yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i thought that was bizarre um, wow 
weird, weird. Stuff. That's like a hundred and twenty-one years later. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta think oh, it's wow. like an an administrative oversight. Like somebody just like, <laughs> right. slipped somebody's mind. Like, hey, shouldn't we rejoin like, the state? I don't like, know. Yeah, it's working yeah. out pretty good. Carrier pigeon yeah. passed away on the way, and and uh, <laughs> yeah, hit by a or something, and they didn't know. So, I don't know. That's um. Wild. The Burning Man event started in Black wow. Rock Desert of Northwest Nevada in 1986. It had a whopping 35 attendees and free admission. So that event has been going on for almost 40 years and has gained a lot more than 35 attendees every year. So, so the, the original Black Rock was, was where? Do you remember? Uh, or the, is... the original, the original um, Burning Man was not in the desert, actually. Oh, I didn't know Did that. Did you know that? Yeah, the, the original Birthing Man was outside of San Francisco. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. We should start yeah. something like that. I think we should. It's sort of fun. Yeah. 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 Let's let's do it. We'll start with three people, the three of us, and then 40 years from now, there'll be a podcast, and they'll be talking about our event. These yeah, three podcasters, they're the, best friends. The way back, this. the way back, yeah. out back. Desert Lollapalooza extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, no, work, here, we'll work on the naming we, for it. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah, we may have to make a poll or two. So yeah, here research department just so this is research department just handed me this. The celebration of Burning Man's annual fire ceremony began in, like you said in 86, but it was held at the um, Baker Beach, the location of Baker Beach in San Francisco. Hmm. So and then they I guess they got too rowdy and had to move it to the desert. So Kind of fun. I just completely shut my light off. Now I can see. So yeah, pretty wow. pretty interesting though. I have this really weird fascination with this festival. I, it's, really? it's very yeah. Like I've never been. I way too old to care to go. Yeah. But just the origination and how the whole thing is set up is pretty fascinating. I mean, mm -hmm. it's weird. Don't get me wrong, but it's fascinating how like all the streets are coordinated in a certain way and the way that it's designed. Do you, do you all know about this whole thing? I know nothing no. about it, man. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fascinating. Like if you mm. ever get a chance to like YouTube, the birding man, like black rock city, which is the name of the, the city. It's basically, it's the city that's created every year. And when the burning man festival is over, it's completely taken down. They, they cannot <laughs> really? keep any part of it. And it's recreated wow. every year. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And there's, there's, there's thousands of people. I mean, tens of thousands of people that go to this thing. It's crazy. It's crazy. I saw this here. There was a bunch of like rain. It was muddy and something oh, yeah. like that. Something yeah. really nasty out there, like out in the desert, mud, you know, so yeah. it never rains, yeah. but then it did. So yeah, um, bad, bad juju. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, you guys want to guess what the cost of a Super Bowl ad was in 1986? Wow. Okay, Steve, you've got this. Steve should know this. It's sports. So I would say $100,000. Um, Did you say 100000 Keith? Yeah. Okay. Steve? For uh, three minutes or? Uh, it just says, I just, uh, the, the, part, the research department just gave me the cost of a Super Bowl ad. So I would assume a 30 second spot. I'm going to say. Three hundred thousand dollars. Ooh, it is five hundred and fifty thousand. Nice. Oh, you were closer. Price yeah. is right for Steve. Yes. Yeah, should have said three, one dollar. Come on down. <laughs> uh, in uh, nineteen eighty six, uh, 
one of the most watched live television specials of 1986 with an audience of 30 million people it was hosted by Geraldo Rivera, the mystery of Al Capone's vaults. Oh yeah. It was the vault. And it was a dud, wasn't it? Oh, totally. Total flop. Not a darn thing in it, man. The oh. vault was hidden under Lexington, Lexington hotel in Chicago where the prohibition era gangster Capone ran his criminal operations until his arrest in 1931. And it was this big hubbub about, man, there's going to be something really cool in this thing. And then they open the vault and there's Jack. It's just nothing. So wow. Good old, good old Raldo. But, um, 30 million people tuned in to be let down. (laughs) To see nothing. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever seen that show, the curse of Oak Island? Uh, uh, so it's, I think it's up in the Northeast somewhere. There is some Island off of the new England area that supposedly pirates or, you know, vessels landed on shipwrecked, whatever, you know, centuries ago. And there's this buried treasures, underground vaults and all this stuff. Well, I've been, you know, I watched this. It's, I think it's still on. I think it's like season seven now. And they still haven't found a dang thing. Every now and then they'll drill in. And all of a sudden they'll find like some lumber that's underneath the ground. They think they drill into the wall of the vault. But they can never find the treasure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's seven seasons. I gave up on it. But uh, yeah, it's seven seasons. Sorry, 11 Just, seasons now. Oh, what? I mean, they're still looking for it. it <laughs> Gotta give them credit. Is it on yeah. just like Discovery or TL? T- not it TLC. is on. Because um, one of my friends watches on that. Nature Channel. Yeah, one of my friends watches that. And I keep telling him, like, Scott, there's you might be the only person still watching the show, you and the, the, the families <laughs> of all the people that are on it, but it's good to know there's two people that are watching Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he keeps telling me, he's like, oh, they're getting close. So I'm like, Scott, you realize they're not going to find anything, right? Like, you're a smart enough guy to know. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So 1986, Danny Heap became the first player in a World Series to be a designated hitter, DH, wow. with the initials DH. Wow. So there you go. That's, that's where the. DH, yeah. All yeah. right. Um, Peter Gabriel's stop motion music video for Sledgehammer raised the bar for video production. That that yeah, was intensively awesome music that, video. I remember that. Like, what what am I watching? How is this possible that they're doing this? But that was amazing. It was. Oh yeah, it was great. Um it's one of the best videos ever. Oh, it really, really is. And this isn't the last one. This is kind of I thought this was funny, so I threw it in there, but um, in Florida, uh, there was a jury that was hearing a, um, a civil case for the Otis elevator company. Um, the 12 members of the Florida jury hearing this case got stuck in an Otis <laughs> elevator for 20 minutes. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. During the middle of the trial. <laughs> and, uh, they ruled bad timing. Yeah. They uh, Otis ended up losing the lawsuit and ended up you don't coping, say. paying one hundred thirty five thousand dollars <laughs> plus um, punitive damages for the jury. Yeah, yeah, you cannot make that up. No, you no. can't. No, you, no, you cannot. I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. But um, wow. Anyway, that's what I had for 
1986. Hopefully one of these days we'll get back to do 1985 whenever it comes back up. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm telling you between the movies and the TV and the pop culture, this was a big time year with a lot of yeah, interesting really things. Yeah, it really, it really is. So yep. that's really good. Good rundown, Noel. Thank yeah. you. Man. Very much. Yeah. I mean, I remember the challenger. I remember Holly's comment. I remember mm-hmm. all of those things. And I probably was stuck in an elevator while I was listening to all those things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking uh, of music videos, you know, we all, we all thought that Peter Gabriel was awesome. But whenever um, Robert Palmer came out with simply resistible, that music video, oh, yes. that changed things for us. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, no doubt. Every every man our age remembers that video well. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Rewind the VCR one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I love this why song. It's why DVDs should have been out then. It'll have been a lot more clear to pop. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah if you had the forehead uh, VCR, it actually would steal. Like, That's true. Still motion. If it was a two head, then it was all like yeah. fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Line, yeah. Like you were yeah. watching Showtime without paying. Yeah. That kind of line. <laughs> That's yeah. how you move your yeah. ribs. Yeah, forehead VCR. <laughs> yeah, forehead VCRs was for the rich people. Those are yeah. the lit up ones, man. Yeah, that's when we you were, hit the big we were, time. We were two head people, <laughs> but yeah, those were the days. Good stuff. Awesome. Yep. Good stuff. Noel. All I right. It. You nice bet, job, guys. Noel. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Thank Thanks to everybody for listening, and we will meet you next time for. What, what what topic do you feel like talking about, Keith? <laughs> well, I, you talk I guess politics. I'll do music. Heck no. <laughs> no, I, I will tell you, if, if there could have been a year that we could have screwed up and I could take over music, it's this 1986. Yeah, there you go. This is, in my opinion, you. in my opinion, this is the best year of music ever. In well, my opinion. I cannot, I cannot wait, wait to, to I, share. I can't wait to hear it. it must be chock full of Van Halen. <laughs> one, one, one thing, yes, but I mean, there's you're you're gonna be blown away. I promise right. you, it's it's an amazing uh, year. Can't wait! Bye. So. Can't wait! Can't <laughs> wait to hear it, man. Can't wait to hear it. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, we'll catch y'all next episode. Take care, everybody. Bye. 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 Good old nineteen eighty six. I'm so glad they messed up. Thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel, Keith, and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future.